Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth of God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers that the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to feature a song by our church choir entitled, I Know It Was the Blood Saving Me. Then we're going to go right to the message, and we'll take our text from Luke chapter number 16, the famous story of the rich man and Lazarus. And the message today is simply entitled, Heaven or Hell, the Choice is Yours. So get your Bibles open, worship with the choir as they sing, and then hear God's Word preached today by our pastor.
preach tonight and I know this is a subject that is very familiar and you probably say well preacher why would you preach on this subject tonight on a Sunday night well I'm not certain that everyone that's sitting tonight on a church pew uh, is saved by the grace of God I'm also not certain that everyone that may watch or listen uh, is saved tonight my burden tonight is for this and I have to be 100% honest probably in this day I'm as guilty as anybody else of not preaching on hell as much as we probably should. Amen. The Bible, 54 times in the Bible, the word hell is mentioned. It is mentioned first in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 22 and all through the word of God, even in the book of Revelation, hell is referred to. In fact, Jesus himself mentions hell more than he mentions heaven. When you look at the parables, when you look at the stories, when you look at Jesus as he was teaching, he taught more and warned people more about hell than he did heaven. It's because our Lord and Savior that Jesus Christ did not want people to die and go to hell. Many people ask the question, well preacher, why would a loving God send people to hell? It's not the fact that he is sending so much as they are rejecting and making the choice to go there on their own. Can I say tonight, we need to preach hell, hot and heaven sweet. When you study the word of God, you'll find the word hell, the word lake of fire, the abyss, and the bottomless pit. They're all referring to the heart of the earth. They're all referring to this great judgment and a place of torment, and a place of fire, and a place of everlasting and eternal punishment. And so tonight, may I say this, we're living in a day when many will make fun of the word hell. Many use it as a cuss word and use it as a word and tell people to go there all the time. Many will make terms and, and use it as though it's not a real place. But tonight hell is a real place. Hell has real people in it. Hell has people right this very moment in real eternal torment and pain due to the flames of a place called hell. I looked at statistics and it was very difficult to find statistics of current events. But back in 2014, I did read some statistics that said that 64% of Americans surveyed that they believe in hell. 22% said they do not believe in hell. And 13% of Americans said they're just not sure. That was in 2014. That is seven years now ago that was the statistic. In, in 2011, they took the same statistic and 75% then said they believed in hell and went to 64% in 2014. If the statistics are right, no doubt today we would be well below 50% of the average America that does not even believe that there is a real hell. But can I stop and say this? 100% of humanity one day will believe in a real hell because one day you will be face with eternity. Sadly, the reality of hell is beginning to swap away from the surface of what is talked about by Christians. Sadly, we've got to the place where we're no longer sounding forth as a watchman from the wall, a warning that hell is real. And hell is the place that you will spend eternity if you die without Jesus Christ. Here in Luke chapter 16,
There's a story here of the rich man and Lazarus. Many will say, well, preacher, this is just a parable, but I don't believe it is because it mentions Lazarus by name. It is not just a parable. It is not just a fancy story to get you uh, scared tonight to make a decision that is not biblical and it's not what, what God wants you to make. But tonight is a real story of two different men with two different lifestyles, two different deaths, and two different destinies. We see these men one man is called the rich man he is unnamed and we never know him by name but there is a man named Lazarus and I'm glad the Lord knows his name. Amen. Can I tell you tonight if you're saved the Lord knows your name too. Amen. And I want to say tonight as two different men here as we intertwine through the scriptures of verse 19 through verse 31 you're going to find the story of a rich man and Lazarus two different men with two different lifestyles. Verse 19 tells us that the rich man was clothed in royalty. He was clothed in purple and fine linen and he fared sumptuously every day. No doubt you would say man, this guy is living the American dream. But sadly the American dream will send you straight to hell if Jesus is not your Savior. This man was clothed in royalty. In verse 20 we're introduced to a man named Lazarus that was clothed in rags. He was nothing special. The Bible said he was a beggar. But I want to say this though he may lay it at the gate of the rich man. I'm glad he was introduced one day to the gates of heaven. Amen. Here is this man full of sores. Here is this man that's clothed in rags. Here is this man that is poor by the standards of this world. But yet apparently he is rich in heaven. Here is a man that was good or had all the world's goods but yet was not eternally right with God. We see in verse 21 that the Bible said that this this Lazarus, this poor man, was desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. That portrays to me that this rich man, no doubt every time he walked by, he stuck his nose up. He looked down his nose and looked on his head at this uh, man laying at the gate thinking, I'm not going to help him. I'm not going to do anything for him. And he ignored him. But can I say this, though the rich man may have ignored Lazarus, he cannot ignore the Lord because one day he'll have to give account of himself to God. We see these two men have two different lifestyles and they died two different deaths. The Bible said in verse 22 and 23 that it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. One thing I think is very interesting about these two men that I saw as I was reading through this the other day is when we look at Lazarus here, the beggar, the Bible said that it came to pass the beggar died and that is all that it said other than he was carried into Abraham's bosom. But it says about the rich man that he died and was buried. Can I stop and say this? It appears here by the text that this rich man probably had a great formal funeral. It appears by the text here that this man was probably buried in some of the greatest grave plots of his day. He probably had the most expensive funeral that the local funeral home could give. He probably had some of the greatest, most professionals and public speakers to speak at his funeral. And many of them may even preach them right into heaven and 
said, oh, what a great man. He paid his tithes to the local church. He done all these great deeds. But can I say, he still split hell wide open. Can I say this? It's not about how formal of a burial you have, whether you're cremated or put in a casket. That has nothing to do with your eternal destiny. Let me stop and say, I prefer uh, to go in a casket and a formal burial. But it doesn't really matter to me at the end of the day. I'm going to be in heaven with my Lord and Savior at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is this. The one had a formal wedding. The one no doubt died with honor but yet lifted his eyes in hell. The other died, probably no family around him, probably nobody there, uh, didn't have a formal uh, burial, so to speak, but he lifted his eyes in Abraham's bosom. You say, preacher, what in the world is Abraham's bosom? It is the place of paradise. It is the place that saved people went before Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. When you study the word of God, they went to paradise. That is the same place that Jesus told that thief on the cross. He said, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. But when Jesus died, he went down to the heart of the earth and set the captives free and took them into heaven with the blood of Calvary with him. And today our loved ones that have died in the Lord are no longer in the heart of the earth in paradise. They're with the Lord in heaven above, in the third heaven, far beyond the skies. Amen. Preacher, what are you saying? What I'm saying, there's two different men, two different lifestyles, two different deaths, and ultimately two different destinies. One lifted his eyes in paradise, in Abraham's bosom. The other lifted his eyes in hell. One was comforted and one was tormented. That word torment in verse number 24, it means to be grieved, to be suffer anguish and sorrow. It is not a pleasing term. It is not a term of just sitting around with your legs kicked back, enjoying the ride. Oh no, uh, it's a term speaking of pain and sorrow and anguish and grief. Here we find in this passage, I believe, a real understanding of the doctrine of hell. And I want to preach tonight, and I want to just use these verses if I can, and just answer a few questions about hell. And tonight, my title is simply this question, heaven or hell, your, it's your choice. Heaven or hell, you have to make the choice. But can I say this tonight? The first question I want to answer in this passage is this question, is hell real? Many people ask that question, preacher, is hell real? We were sitting downstairs last night after our time of prayer on Saturday night and we were talking about all the religions of our day and many religions, man, uh, it's amazing when you get to witnessing to people how much, much religions and how vast doctrines are out here in this world. When you begin to talk with people of all these different religions, you'll find all kinds of different opinions and man's theology. But can I say this regardless of what religion says, regardless of what a man says, the Bible is very clear that hell is real. Can I say many people think hell is just a fathom or an imagination. They think, oh preacher, uh, that's just something you think and that's just this and all these religions, many will try to uh, downgrade hell and many believe you can work your way out of hell but all of that is inaccurate. In fact, hell is a real place with real people in real pain right this very moment. 
You say, preacher, if we could somehow uh, carve open the earth all the way down to the center of the earth, what would we find? You would find flames and you would find cries just like in this passage of people begging for water. That's what you would find. What I'm saying is hell is not just in the future, so to speak. Hell is flaming right now under your feet. Right this very moment, there are people all around us, all across America, and I know sometimes we can't see past America, but all across the globe and across this world, there are people dying as we're sitting in church, and they, just as this rich man, are lifting their eyes in hell. It is a real place with real people who are falling into it, into the bottomless pit, into the place where the, where the worm dieth not, into a place of torment into a place where the fire is never quenched many people say well preacher what about soul sleep there's no such thing as soul sleep preacher what is soul sleep many believe that you just cease from consciousness until one day and all of a sudden if you're good enough and if this happens and if that happens uh, then you may come to an afterlife but that is inaccurate we see in this passage that the moment this man died he lifted his eyes in hell we see the moment that the beggar died. He was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. It speaks nothing about a resurrection. It speaks nothing about a future event happening. It was immediately, the Bible records thus by the apostle Paul, that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Immediately when you take your last breath and your last step down here, you will be into eternity. Amen. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. When you take your last breath here, you will lift your eyes in one or two places, heaven or hell. There's no such thing as annihilation of the wicked dead. Many believe that the moment you fall into hell, you will immediately just burn up and disintegrate, and that is it, but that is inaccurate. This man here is talking in hell. This man here is asking for water in hell. If it was possible for him to burn up, he wouldn't have been alive long enough to ask for water. He wouldn't have been alive long enough to say, hey, someone send someone to my five brethren and warn them absolutely not. This man, this rich man, if we could open up the core of our earth right now, I believe we would still hear the cries of a rich man crying out, someone send someone to my five brethren. If we could open hell right now, no doubt we would hear Judas as he screams out, I shouldn't have traded it for the 30 pieces of silver. No doubt if we could open hell right now, we would hear old Goliath, some nine foot, three inches tall, hollering out, warn the Philistines, don't come to this awful place. If we could sit here right now and open hell up, we would hear everybody that has ever split it wide open, no doubt wishing someone would go tell their family and go tell their friends not to come to this horrible place. There's no such thing as these false doctrines. No such thing as reincarnation. Many of the religions of our day believe, depending on how good works you do, that you'll come back as an animal, maybe a cow, maybe a snake, maybe this and that and the other. And that is why they don't eat those certain animals because they believe they might be their ancestor. That might be someone down the line. You say, preacher, are you serious? I am. You would not believe people that will not even eat meat because they think that's one of their loved ones. I'm serious. What I'm saying is when you get to talking to people, you're going to realize how deceived many people are about heaven and hell. But can I tell you, listen, when you lift your eyes 
When you go into eternity, you'll lift your eyes in heaven or hell, depending on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Hell is real. Number two, not only is hell real, but number two question I want to answer tonight, what is hell like? The Bible is very clear what hell is like. The Bible is very clear even in this passage it is a place of torment. It is a place that the fire is never quenched. It is a place of everlasting fire. It is a place of damnation. It is a place, the scriptures say, where the worm dieth not. It is a place of constant decay of the body. That is what that phrase, the worm dieth not, means. It means your body will constantly be decaying and rotting and all of the horrible things of your body is going to experience. You see, to us who are saved, we're going to get a new body but to those in hell they're not going to have a glorified body but the old flesh is going to constantly be burning and decaying in constant everlasting eternal fire and flame the Bible said they'll be welling and gnashing of teeth. I could go on and on, but even in this passage, we see the word torment in verse number 24. We see that the man is thirsty in verse number 24. He said, have mercy on me. He said, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. He's not saying, give me a glass of water. He's not saying, give me a bottle of water. He's not saying, give me something like this to drink. And I'm going to be careful. I'm going to put it back down. But what he is saying is this just take your finger and dip it in water and put that finger over the top of my mouth and let one little drop just fall off the tip of your finger that it might cool my tongue for an instant and that would just be satisfying in what I'm dealing with right now I don't know about you but when I'm hot I want a whole bottle of water but boy it must be awful tormenting to just think that a drop of water would be satisfying just think about that a drop of water is all he's asking for that tells me that he's in some horrible pain mm. preacher what are you saying he's in torment he's thirsty but here's what I want you to get about this in verse 23 we see that he is seeing verse 23 said in hell he lift up his eyes that tells me he can see the Bible said being in torments that tells me he can sense things he can feel things. Bible tells me in verse 24 that he cried out, have mercy on me. That tells me he can speak. Amen. Verse number 25 tells me, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. That tells me he's got memory. He can sum it up with his past. He remembers those things that has happened in his past. He remembers who Lazarus is. He remembers his life. He remembers the decisions he's made. He remembers all that. Can I tell you there's probably people in hell right now and I'm guaranteed about it that they remember sitting on a church pew and a preacher telling them not to go there. And they're looking back in their life saying, boy, if I could be in that service one more time, if I could feel that Holy Ghost conviction one more time. They remember those things. He remembered Lazarus. He remembered this, this, this beggar laying at his gate. He remembered his lifestyle. He remembered those things. He, he, rem he remembered he had five brethren. And he wanted to send somebody back. Can I tell you this? You'll have your memory in hell. Amen. But can I tell you one of the most horrible things about hell is this. There's ultimate eternal separation from God. Notice this man is praying. Notice this man asking, verse number 24, have mercy on me. But God was not going to hear his prayer. When you get to hell, there's no more crying out to God and him hearing you. 
you're there forever and eternity. There's no more chance to repent and get right with God. It is eternal separation from God. That ultimately is the worst part of hell, honestly. It's the fact that never again will God look upon you in a merciful and gracious way. You realize we're living in the mercy and grace of God. Even with President Biden sitting on the seat of America, even with all the harm going on in our day, we are still on the gracious and merciful side of God. But when you lift your eyes in hell, you're no longer on the merciful and gracious side of God. The scripture said it rains on the just and the unjust. God has blessed America across the board, whether or not, not whatever country you come from or whatever is happening in your life, you are blessed if you're sitting here tonight with good health. But one day the grace and mercy of God will ultimately end for you when you lift your eyes in hell and it will be ultimate eternal separation from a thrice holy God. No more chance to repent. In fact this man asked for mercy. But he didn't get it. He said Abraham have mercy on me. But he didn't get it. He asked that someone go and send them a messenger to his five brethren. He didn't get that either. That tells me his prayer was not being heard. Can I tell you something tonight? Hell is a real place. And I believe this passage describes what it is like. Not only what is hell like. But number three who is in hell. Being people ask the question, well, preacher, who is in hell? Let me tell you, the unbeliever, the unsaved, the one that has rejected God is in hell. Bible said in Revelation 21, 8, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Preacher, who's in hell? Those that have rejected God. Can I? The Bible tells in Matthew 25 and verse 41 that, the, that hell was uh, prepared for the devil and his angels. The devil and his angels, the false prophet, the antichrist, they all one day will lift their eyes in hell. Jude 1 verse 6 tells us those angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness under the judgment of the great day. Can I tell you the devil and his angels that is their home but sadly many will reject God and die and go to hell as well. Preacher who is in hell the unbeliever the one that died rejecting Jesus Christ. Preacher why are they in hell because they rejected him. Number four, preacher, why are they in hell? They rejected Jesus Christ as their Savior. You see, it wasn't riches or poverty that determined their destiny. It wasn't education or ignorance. It wasn't cremation or a casket. It wasn't the position in society. It wasn't church attendance. It wasn't a baptismal pool. It wasn't none of the things. It wasn't who wore the good look, best looking suit. It wasn't who carried the most expensive pocketbook. It wasn't who drove the nicest car. It wasn't who made the most money. It wasn't who owned the biggest house. But it was simply what will you do with Jesus which is called Christ. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I don't see that this rich man was guilty of much. Well, I believe he was guilty of covetousness. I believe he was guilty of selfishness. I believe he was guilty of greed. But all those things really don't matter outside of this fact. He failed to repent and turn to Christ. Amen. I'm glad that though we can see why he's in hell, I'm glad there is hope. 
I'm glad there is an answer. I'm glad that the Bible said that Jesus has the keys of death and hell and the grave. And because of that, there is hope for you and I. There is the answer in Jesus Christ. The Bible said in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It's not turning over a new leaf. It's turning over a new life and getting genuinely born again, getting heaven bound, getting heaven born getting saved by the grace of God it is necessary that a man or woman be born again before they enter into afterlife if they will enter heaven's gates Acts 4.12 said there is none other name unto heaven given among men whereby we must be saved that name of Jesus John 14.6 Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the Father but by me there's no other way. There's no other. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.